If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. These words are spoken to the Laodiceans, and they were rebuked for their lethargy. They were rebuked for being lukewarm. We learn from this that our God is a zealous God, because God could not rebuke a people for their lack of zeal if He Himself was not filled with zeal for His church and for His people. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and today we are moving into the mode of the Protestant Reformation. And our message today is on grace. You may have heard of that doctrine of sola gratia, that we are saved by faith alone, by grace alone. And of course, it is this matter of grace, the mercy that flows from the heart of our infinite God through his blessed Son, that we receive mercy from the Lord. We begin now with our Luther lesson for today. Just a couple of minutes as we set before you something of the early life and the stand that Martin Luther took for the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Luther goes to Rome. Luther was teaching both in the academical hall and in the church when he was interrupted in his labors. In 1510, according to others, 1511 or 1512, he was sent to Rome. Seven convents of his order were at variance on certain points with the vice-general. The acuteness of Luther's mind, his powerful language, and his talents for discussion were the cause of his selection as agent for these seven monasteries before the Pope. Luther was to be shocked by the low caliber of the poor priests and then by the profaneness of the rich. The closer he got to the city of Rome, his eyes were open to the carnality of the priests, cardinals, and the infamy of the popes. He was later to state, The nearer we approach Rome, the greater number of bad Christians we meet with, the less Christian spirit is found in them. The scandalous examples and crimes of the court of Rome are the cause why Italy has lost every principle of piety and all religious feeling. During his visit to Rome, Luther took opportunity to study Hebrew, which would provide him knowledge to expound and proclaim the truths of the Bible. Also while at Rome, he marvelously learned the doctrine of justification by faith alone. It happened while he was following the tradition of climbing the stairs of what was supposed to be Pilate's staircase, which had been carried from Jerusalem to Rome for the expiation of sin. While performing this meritorious act, he thought he heard a voice of thunder crying from the bottom of his heart, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 These words that twice before had struck him like the voice of an angel from God resounded unceasingly and powerfully within him. He rose in amazement from the steps up which he was dragging his body. He shuddered at himself. He was ashamed of seeing to what depth superstition had plunged him. He flew far from the scene 
of his folly. Speaking later of this experience, Luther stated, But when, by the Spirit of God, I understood these words, well, I learned how the justification of the sinner proceeds from the free mercy of our Lord through faith, then I felt born again like a new man. I entered through the open doors into the very paradise of God. Henceforth also, I saw the beloved and holy scripture with other eyes. I perused the Bible. I brought together a great number of passages that taught me the nature of God's word. Whereas previously I had detested with all my heart these words, the righteousness of God, I began from that hour to value them and to love them as the sweetest and most consoling words in the Bible. In very truth, this language of St. Paul was to me the true gate of paradise. And that we can take as the conversion of Martin Luther, the light of God's word, telling him of the doctrine of justification by faith alone, enlightened him so that he was able to reject the superstitions of the Church of Rome, whereby men were told to climb stairs that were supposed to be the stairs of Pilate transported to the city of Rome. Martin Luther, because he was now enlightened by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God within his heart, went on to become the reformer that he was. This light, this knowledge, this personal assurance of salvation made him the mighty man of God to declare the gospel to the nations. I trust that you today have this assurance of salvation, that you are personally right with God and saved by God's grace. If I can be of any personal help, stay tuned right to the end. You'll get the announcements and the details how to contact us. Now we're going to sing again. The mighty fortress is our God.
You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church, we now bring our message today from Revelation chapter 3. The Lord Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. May the Lord knock at your heart's door. May you open to receive his salvation. And this is the relevancy of the church in this present age. We are called to preach the gospel. We are to persist in the work to which the Lord has called us. And the church exists to preach the good news of Christ. Preachers are called to preach the word and to go into all the world and preach this gospel. And we know that the Holy Spirit will not stop striving. He will continue to strive in this world. And until Christ returns and the trumpet sounds, the Holy Spirit is active. He is convicting and converting and bringing men into the church of the Lord Jesus. But every generation has a limited time. We've only got a short little life. We've only got a little window of opportunity at any particular time. And we are to be busy in the work of the, the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord keeps knocking. We are also uh, to keep knocking and seeking and proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Now, we're thinking of persistence. Uh, let's rejoice tonight that there are even 11th hour conversions. There are those that are brought uh, to know the Lord and to salvation very late in life. While life is running out, when they call on the Lord, they too will be saved. There was a Scottish preacher who was caught in a storm. And when he uh, was taking shelter for the night, he ended up in a home of a very old lady that was ill and dying. And while he took shelter in that home, he ministered to this dying woman. And it certainly was the providence of God that he was there. And through the night, he shared the gospel with her, and she trusted the Lord. She called on the Savior, and in the morning, she was gone. Her life was over. And that preacher said that when he entered the home, he found the woman in a state of nature. When he ministered to her, she came into a state of grace. And when he left the home, she was in a state of glory. There is a soul in heaven, even at an eleventh hour conversion. And the Lord, if we call on him, he will never stop knocking. And so we need to rejoice in this. Then it says, if any man hear my voice, and here's the personal persuasion of God's visitation to our souls. And so you'll see here how it is made personal. It is taken from the masses of the billions of people in the world right down to the one person, if any man. Now we know that this includes man, woman, boy, or girl. Down from a world of souls to a nation, to a community, to a congregation, 
to the seat you're sitting in to your heart. The Lord says, if any man hear my voice. And of course, as we think of how God called men in the Bible, he dealt with so many one-to-one. Adam, Abraham, David, Noah, the prophets, John the Baptist, each of the disciples. Now, there were brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but there was Matthew, the tax collector, but they were individually called, individually invited to follow the Lord. Saul of Tarsus, there he was, uh, pleading uh, to persecute the church. God dealt with him on one. And then, of course, we're told the Lord, his sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. And this is the personal persuasion of God's effectual call to the hearts, to the souls of men. Now, in John 10, you have that wonderful picture, the parable of the shepherd, and the Lord says, my sheep hear my voice. And that's the persistence of the shepherd. And we know the Lord left the ninety and nine to go after the one that that lost sheep may be found and brought in. And what a mercy that the Lord still speaks to men. And here is the personal factor that God is calling you. This is true. Now, in what way does God call you tonight? Well, you're made in God's image. You are given spiritual faculties. You have a conscience. And God strives with men to give them peace of the gospel or to rebuke them and to warn them, to strive with them if they are unsaved. And, of course, you get convicted when you do right or wrong. You are convinced of the evil, and you know when you sin, and guilt harps at you. And the Scriptures, again, is God's way of stirring your heart to know that the Lord is striving and knocking with you. And it might even be just one gospel text, either right out of the Bible, or it might be on the roadway, or it might be on the radio. Just one gospel text. And God strives, knocks, persists, and he says, if any man, and he deals with you individually. We can think of the rich young ruler who came to the Lord Jesus, and he wanted to be his disciple. But the Lord said to him, go and sell all that you have. And he went away very sorrowful. And we're told that Jesus loved him. And there was God knocking at that man's heart's door. And he was persisting that he follow him, but he turned away. You cannot run away from the Lord's personal dealing with you. You will give an account on the eternal day. There's a verse in Romans chapter 2 and verse 12, which at uh, 2 verse 16, which uh, 
reveals there that on that eternal day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. And so the very gospel message will be before you and convict you and convince you on that very day. The Lord will never stop. Now, you might close your heart and say, I don't want to hear the knocking of the Lord anymore. I don't want to receive the Lord into my life. But he will never stop knocking. And even after you're dead, you're going to give account on that eternal day before God what you've done with the gospel invitation. Now, the next statement here is, I will come to him. Here is the promise of God's invitation that if any man open the door, I will come in to him. Now, you might ask, is that real or is that figurative? Well, we know it's not physical. It cannot be the Lord's physical body merging with our body. It is the Lord visiting and entering into us in a spiritual manner. And of course, salvation is the Lord taking up residence within our hearts by the new birth, by regeneration. The Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. And the Bible clearly teaches us in 1 Corinthians 6 that we become the temples of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God dwells within us. There's a number of verses in Romans 8 uh, that proves this point. And I trust you'll take them to heart tonight that conversion is the Lord coming to dwell within our hearts. So we go to Romans 8 and verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so there is a very definitive text saying that the only way that you can be a Christian, the only way you can be a child of God, is to have the Spirit of the Lord coming to dwell within your heart. And then verse 14 of Romans 8, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And it goes on to talk in that vein, right down to verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So here is now the indwelling and the ministry of the Spirit to our very hearts. And so we ask in our prayer for salvation, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my life. Come into my soul. And that is the very gospel expression. And so you're no longer flesh alone. You're no longer just a body and an empty soul, but that you now become the temple or the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. So there's the promise of God's visitation. In the next little statement, you have the passion of the Lord's visitation. He says, and sup with him. Now, what will this new indwelling of the Spirit of Christ in our souls look and feel like? The Lord, by His Spirit in our hearts, will not be passive. It will not just be the Lord coming and filling up the vacuum and leaving us alone. The Lord, when He comes to dwell within us, our hearts, 
he will have an active ministry of grace right within our souls. Now, the way the Lord states it here in Revelation 3 and verse 20, he says, I will come into him and sup with him. Now, think about that. This refers to the Lord's very close communion and fellowship with our hearts. And it's like the Lord sitting at the table, entering into the very closest of fellowship. Now, in the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord came into the tabernacle, came into the temple as well. And when the Lord Jesus came into the world in his human body, he dwelt amongst men. But when we are converted, the Lord comes into these bodies to live and to dwell with us. And in John chapter 14, the Lord promised, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send the Comforter unto you. And we have then this ministry of the Spirit who comes and fills our hearts. The hymn writer said, Once far from God and dead in sin, no light uh, my heart could see, but in God's Word the light I found. Now Christ dwelleth in me. Christ liveth in me, Christ liveth in me. Oh, what a salvation is this! Christ liveth in me. And so we have this very close, intimate fellowship with the Son of God. And that is the passion, the Lord's visitation to our own souls. Then lastly, the little statement that comes at the very end of the statement, and it says, and he with me. Now, when you read those two clauses together, it should read like this, and he will sup with me. If any man open the door, I will come into him and sup with him, and he will sup with me. Now, that means we will enjoy the fellowship of the Lord, ministering graciously, wonderfully, to us. Now, there's a promise the Lord gave back in John chapter 7. It was the day of the feast, and the people were leaving Jerusalem. They were leaving the temple, and the Lord stood up, and he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, that was an invitation to enjoy the fullness of the spiritual life of the Lord Jesus within the soul. And that is the true satisfaction that the Christian enjoys. Arthur Pink, he said, here is the gospel in a single short sentence. Three words, thirst, come, drink. And that becomes the blessed participation that we have in the grace of the Lord Jesus. And so, when you open your heart's door, when you invite the Lord to come in, He will sup with you, but you will also sup with Him or enjoy the table of grace that is laid for you. 
And this really comes through the union that we have with the Lord Jesus. And probably the best illustration is the branch and the vine. The branches in the vine enjoy the life of the vine. And of course, the the life of the vine flows into the branches, and each branch enjoys the life, the life that supplies every need. And that's what you're going to enjoy when you hear the Lord knocking at your heart's door, and you open that door, and you invite the Lord into your life. It's not just going to be a one-way obedience. It's going to be a life that is filled to overflowing with the satisfying grace, the peace, the joy, the blessedness of a new life in union with the Lord Jesus. And so have you heard the Savior knocking? Are you a Christian? Have you invited the Lord into your soul? Have you said, yes, Lord, that's the life I must have? Well, then you have the wonderful promise, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. To keep the the door closed is a great offense. Could you imagine if I came to your home and maybe walking by the window saw you on the inside, there you are reading a book or listening to music or whatever you're doing, and I know you're there. And maybe you saw me coming too. And I knock the door, I ring the bell. But you don't even bother to answer the door. What an offense. And when men and women are invited to faith in the Lord Jesus, and they keep the door shut, it is a great offense to the Savior. And so tonight I bid you to open your heart's door and to let the Savior in, because he will change your life. He will bring the satisfaction to your soul that you need, and He will be your Savior, not just for a day, but with that zeal that we learned about, He will become the living, passionate, mighty Savior of your soul. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, and this is Ian Golliher. In this closing minute of the program, let me share with you my burden to take the gospel to the unsaved, even those who will never go to church or listen to a Bible program. So, I have written a number of gospel leaflets and called them Let the Bible Speak to Your Heart. On the front cover, I set out a Bible passage. The one in my hand is on John 10, where the Lord Jesus called himself the Good Shepherd. I think it's important to get the Word of God into the hands of the reader. On the inside pages of this four-side leaflet, I lay out the gospel in clear terms and explain the parable of Jesus calling himself the Good Shepherd. I explain substitutionary atonement and call the reader to repent of sin and believe on the Lord Jesus for cleansing in his blood. I then put in a QR code for people to scan to listen to a full audio message on the Lord Jesus as the Good Shepherd. The back page has a few interesting quotes, like the one by Hannah Moore. No man ever repented of being a Christian on his deathbed. Then I give information on the local radio station, church online ministry, 
and my phone number for people to call for pastoral help. These can be used by churches, by families, to give to neighbors and friends. If you could use these leaflets, then call me at 604-897-2040 or go to our website, ltbs.ca, to see a sample which you can print out from the site. Thank you for listening today. Remember to send for the Let the Bible Speak radio leaflet.